and welcome to Risky Business 2. I am Patrick Gray. This is a sponsor podcast. Risky Business 2 is sponsored by Symantec. So each month we have a chat with one of their staff about all things security. And this week we're chatting with the company's Vice President of Security Response, Vincent Weaver. In this interview, Vincent and I discuss the relative complexity of modern malware. Gone are the days of 214-byte UDP malware packets, you know, that could just spread all by themselves. Uh, They were good days, those days, but now they are gone and we're dealing with some really diabolically complicated stuff. But we're still seeing other malware out there that's relatively simple considering it's 2010. Gumblar is a good example of that. It's simple and not particularly sophisticated, but it's been very effective. So where are the real threats coming from? I spoke to Vincent by phone last week. In general, what we're seeing today is well-maintained malware, which are constantly updated with self-preservation, new infection techniques, and ways to, to do evasion in terms of their um, propagation. It's very different from the types of fast-spreading worms we used to see back about 10 years ago. If you think of Code Red, Sasser, Nimda, they were complicated in terms of needing to find a buffer overflow, a exploit of a technology, and trying to reach as many machines as possible. Today, that's very different from what we see, where in many cases, most sophistication is in terms of encrypted channels, peer-to-peer, trying to evade themselves in terms of how to propagate and update themselves. So it just evolves over time. Yeah, but we're still seeing the simple stuff, right? That's what that's what I find interesting about this. Is you look at okay, Configure, right? Configure was incredibly complicated, had all sorts of, you know, cryptography in it, it had, you know, peer-to-peer updating mechanisms, all sorts of stuff. It was an incredibly intricate, persistent bit of malware. Whereas when you look at something like Gumblar, which is basically just an FTP password sniffer that's based on a good idea, which is, you know, you grab those sniff passwords, they get passed on to another host that infects, you know, another server that hands out malware to infect more hosts. Simple idea, you know, the execution isn't that great, and yet it is still remarkably effective. So that that sort of, you know, that, uh, God, I want, I, I want to say dichotomy, I guess it's, it's, it's still here. Absolutely. And I think in general, what you're seeing with something like Gumblr, uh, those type of threats, which is the attackers have realized that by going after the um, legitimate sites which have been compromised, it's another way of going phishing. So instead of having to get a sophisticated worm attacking compromised or weak machines, go after the websites, leverage people as part of their normal search ob- uh, observations, and then take over control in that case. The same thing when we looked at some later botnets, like if you look at, for example, Rustock. Rustocker is responsible for about 30% of the world's um, spam today. Very unsophisticated, except when you look at some of the newer techniques in it. For example, it's using transport layer security as a means of trying to evade traditional scanners being able to look at the traffic as it's going through their systems. So all of them have some characteristics in terms of evasion, self-preservation, or as a means of command and control. So TLS is just like an SSL implementation, isn't it? I mean, have they actually written their own SSL sort of TLS implementation for uh, spamming? Yeah, in general, they're, they're leveraging open source um, software for doing it, but absolutely they have. Now, of course, not only does it have the fact of less visibility, but actually increases the traffic bandwidth on the receiver servers. So they have an additional impact on the receiving corporation because these are more expensive to handle, they're larger, and you're taking the overhead of the encryption. So that's just one example of the type of uh, innovation you see in many of these simpler botnets. 
Well, stuff has got more complicated, hasn't it? I mean, when you really look back at things like Code Red, I mean, what was Code Red? It wasn't Code Red, or it was Slammer or Blaster. One of them was like 214 bytes or something, and that, um, you know, in a single UDP packet that just went bananas all over the world. We're never going to see stuff like that again, are we? No, you're never going to, because it goes, um, they were designed around, um, particularly for something like Sasser, another ones, which are designed to hit as many machines as possible. So it has to be small, it has to be stealthy. It usually has one or two exploits at most of us. They don't need to do this. The multi-stage attacks, which means, you know, I'm going to use five or six vulnerabilities. Once I get a downloaded machine, it can download lots of spam bots, phishing bots, um, stealings. I can do a lot of sophisticated things, but I don't need to do it small and stealthy. I can do it slowly over time. So our notion of sophistication is kind of changing towards the planning, the execution, the multi-stage attack to these things, rather than each individual piece of malware needs to be sophisticated. Well, what does this mean for our defences? I mean, does it does it logically follow that if we're facing more complicated threats, our, our defences need to be more complicated? Or does it just mean that they need to be simple and robust? Because I imagine that there's merit in, in each sort of approach. Absolutely. And I think simple and robust is in general the answer. And of course, you know, we do have sophisticated um, rootkits like Mebroot and Tidserve and some other ones where you definitely need to be able to see kernel level. You need to be able to get deep underneath the operating system. However, for most of the Trojans, botnets and other ones out there, the basic simple best practices really work, which is the ability to see them before you get on the machine using combinations of intrusion prevention, behavioral detection, antivirus, firewall, obviously policies on board the machines itself. You really need to have admin access on all the machines. In general, that's still the best kind of advice and strategy towards dealing with that. And of course, this is the old thing, which is you don't need to outrun a bear. You just need to outrun your neighbor who's running against a bear. And that's exactly what happens here. So we know that every time you bring out a new protection technology, you see the well-maintained malware families evolving and changing. For example, if we support a certain packer, they'll use a different packer. So keeping it simple, keeping it fast, keeping it effective, and that leads itself towards moving towards new protection technologies. I mean, beyond that, it's, it's kind of how has it changed over the last couple of years? And this goes into you had worms because you're trying to hit as many infected machines. Today, you're really going after the, the websites and you're, going, you're allowing the user's behavior to bring the victims to the attackers. Well, I guess it's like, you know, someone setting up a coffee shop that's not actually a coffee shop. You walk into the coffee shop, instead of getting coffee, you get mugged. And that's exactly what these guys do, except, of course, they do it on a very vast scale. Mm. And in that sort of scenario, you don't need a very sophisticated tool. In fact, all you need is maybe a large bat hit the victim. And that's exactly what we see today is many, many of these individual Trojans are very, very simple in their nature. It's the planning that goes into how to get the victims, how do you get you know towards the top of a search engine if you're doing search engine optimization or poisoning, um, how do you stay on the machine a longer period of time. And look at the classic example, which is the Hydrex attack, which was the very targeted attacks used against Google and some others. Sophistication there was not in the Trojan. It was in the planning and execution of the attacks over a very long period of time. Mm, like infiltrating social networks and things like that and picking, picking individuals as targets. That's exactly. And, and that's where you see many of the intelligence and sophistication of today's threats. You can assassinate someone with a hammer if you want to, can't you? I think it is. I mean, you can assassinate somebody. The trick is how to get close enough to do it. And that's, that's exactly right. what many of these malware. And of course, they realize their strength in numbers. So what if one doesn't get true? If one exploit of a vulnerability doesn't work, I try a different lock, a different door, and eventually I'm going to get through or find enough victims to where I don't care 
any more do they get everybody. I just need enough victims. It only takes one. Exactly. All right, Vincent Weaver, thank you very much for joining us again on Risky Business, and we'll speak to you again soon. Okay, thanks a million.